0: Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2,352 with a release date of Friday, November 25th, 2022, to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Ham Radio reunites a family after a 23-year absence. Imagine the micro-sized battery with a lifespan of almost two decades. And when is a QSL card also a thank you card? All this and more is Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2352 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. And now reporting from Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Paul Brown, WD9GCO. We begin this week with a tale of a poignant reunion between an octogenarian in India and the grieving family who had presumed he had died after a deadly cyclone that claimed thousands of lives 23 years ago. That reunion happened with the help of Amateur Radio. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, has that remarkable story.
1: After a super cyclone flattened the coast of Odisha in India in 1999, Kriti Chandra Baral lost his family and his memory, the latter possibly from some kind of trauma. Meanwhile, never learning for certain the fate of their patriarch, his sons presumed their father was one of the thousands who lost their lives in that natural disaster. The man survived, however, and lived as a vagrant on the streets of a city in Andhra Pradesh, existing for years on handouts and people's generosity. Ten years ago, he was taken in by a group known as the Missionaries of Charity after one of his benefactors discovered his health had deteriorated and asked that he be accepted into their care. The charity's ongoing efforts to locate his family failed, until November 19 when they contacted the West Bengal Radio Club, which has extensive experience in assisting with reunions of missing persons and their families. The hams had helped the charity before, and the group was hopeful that the radio amateurs would succeed where the charity had not. Mbarish Nagbiswas, VU2JFA, the club secretary, said after some time the amateur radio club was able to locate the man's sons. He told various Indian news media outlets that two of the sons were dumbstruck when they saw their father's photograph and then started weeping. They're a well-to-do family, and said their father went missing after the cyclone and was presumed dead. In video shared with Newsline by Ambarish Nag Biswas, the family can be seen with the missionaries of charity residents. They're overcome by emotion, hugging one another for the first time in more than two decades. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB.
0: Battery technology continues to change, and the latest evolution announced recently is a super-small rechargeable micro-battery with a high tolerance for variations in temperature and a lifespan of between one and two decades. Ken Peterson, KC0DGY, tells us about this new development and what scientists are saying about
2: it. A company in France believes it has come up with the latest solution to provide battery power for micro devices. The company, Iten has developed an ultra-small rechargeable lithium battery. At first glance, the surface-mount solid-state battery might easily be mistaken for an SMD chip as its housing is only slightly larger than the battery's own dimensions of 3.2 by 2.5 millimeter. They are, of course, not chips. These batteries have a capacity of between 0.1 and 0.5 milliamp hour. They were found capable of tolerating temperatures between minus 40 degrees Celsius or minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit all the way to 85 degrees Celsius or 185 degrees Fahrenheit. Their ability to deliver peak currents make them especially useful for powering RF transmissions such as Bluetooth, Sigfox, and LTE to deliver packets of data via sensors. The website CNX Software also sees the batteries as being useful for sensor data loggers, beacons, and backup power supplies for microcontrollers. The solid-state technology is considered another plus, contributing toward a usable lifespan of between 10 and 20 years. The company has said the batteries are also fast-charging. The website Hackaday poses the following challenge, quote, We'd be particularly interested to learn about their temperature sensitivity when it comes to soldering, as we've taken to heart the warnings about soldering to more traditional lithium cells, end quote. The website noted there are apparently some evaluation kits available directly from the company in France. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. The entire month of
0: December is being devoted to reliving radio history. The Radio Society of Great Britain will mark the centenary of the transatlantic tests, which firmly established that amateur radio communication could cross the ocean. Jeremy Boot,
3: G4NJH, gives us those details. The Radio Society of Great Britain has activated historic call signs to mark a series of historic moments 100 years ago. The successful one-way transatlantic radio communication showed the HF bands to be well suited for amateur signals crossing an ocean. The first amateur transmission from Europe using the call sign G5WS was heard in North America on the 24th of December 1922. The RSGB is inviting society members to participate in the month-long celebration by activating a station and is encouraging the rest of the world to listen. The contacts this time will be via two-way communication with awards available for operators logging QSOs with stations using the historic call signs. In England, these are G5WS, G5AT, G6XX, G6ZZ and G3DR. The station in Scotland will be GM5WS, Wales will be using GW5WS and Northern Ireland GI5WS. In the English Channel... Operators from the Crown Dependency of Guernsey will be using G U five WS and those from Jersey will be using G J five WS. Operators from the Isle of Man and other Crown Dependency in the Irish Sea will be using G D five WS. This is Jeremy Boot, G four NJH. Hams in Dodge County,
0: Nebraska are feeling a lot of pride right now. Their track record of community service and commitment during disasters or even drills for disasters has just been honored by the state. As we hear from Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Dodge County
4: Amateur Radio Emergency Services, which has been a key player giving assistance in real and simulated disasters in Nebraska, was among the 11 honorees celebrated recently by the state for its vital work in the community. Suzanne Shore, wife of Governor Pete Ricketts, made the presentation during a luncheon for the 2022 Serve Nebraska Step Forward Awards. This is considered the state's most prestigious honor given to volunteers. Leader Steve Naren's WB0VNF, received the award on behalf of the Aries Group, which has been part of disaster drills with the Nebraska National Guard, as well as the Fremont Fire and Police Departments. In 2019, the Aries Group was key to a successful response when Fremont and surrounding areas suffered major floods. The Aries Group is now in the process of renovating a county communications trailer and fitting it out for use by first responders. This is
0: Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Even if you no longer believe in Santa, you still believe in amateur radio, right? So listen up. The Net is coming to town on 80 meters, and Jim Dameron, N8TMW, says to put it on your list.
5: More than one thousand children are expected to have their moment on the air this year as the thirty nine sixteen Nets kicks off its seventeenth year of the Santa net. When this beloved holiday tradition began 17 years ago, only a handful of youngsters checked in with the assistance of licensed amateur radio operators. If you've been a very good ham this year, you can help a young person be a third-party operator and get that important contact on 3.916 MHz. The net begins on Friday, November 25th at 7.15 p.m. Central Time or 0.115 UTC. Santa will be on the air every night on the same frequency and at that same time until Christmas Eve, December 24th. Just as Santa himself might say, this is a team effort. Organizer Pete Thompson, KE5GGY, said that radio operators who belong to the 3916net work as relays to ensure everyone gets heard. This is understandably the favorite time of year on 3.916 MHz for these operators. You can even check in before the net at cqsanta.com. Everyone is ho ho hoping for good propagation. This is Jim Dameron, NATMW. If you
0: are unable to reach Santa on HF, he's still reachable by repeater and on Echolink. Santa will be taking calls from November 27th to December 9th thanks to the teamwork of the Longmont Amateur Radio Club and the Northern Colorado Amateur Radio Club. Linked UHF and VHF repeaters in Colorado will be on the air with Santa, who will also be reachable on Echolink Node 8305 via the Longmont Club repeater W0ENO-R. For Santa's operating hours and for the uh, repeaters' offsets and PL tones, Visit the club website, wzeroeno.org. It's time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the N2JDW repeater in New York City on Monday nights at 8 o'clock local time, just before the Amateur Radio Emergency Communications Service Net. As many of us know, weather patterns seem to be changing everywhere. One thing that doesn't change is Ham's dedication to preparedness in the face of disaster. Randy Sly, W4XJ, spoke to one such group. With the recent late season hurricanes and early season snowstorms
6: here in some parts of the United States, everybody's talking about the weather these days. For the National Weather Service, One of their key resources for determining ground truth reports during severe weather is the Skywarn program, which is strongly supported by the amateur radio community. While hams have always played a key role in the program since its inception in 1965, one group has taken their mission way beyond Skywarn. The Southwest District Skywarn team of Western Pennsylvania offers general weather classes, training for relay and net control stations, SkyWarn reporting procedures, daily rain gauge reporting with COCORAS, and other training along with bi-monthly meetings on Zoom. They also have worked at developing relationships with adjacent NWS forecast offices to provide better interconnectivity and communications during activations. Eddie Mishevitz, KB3YRU, president of the group, told AR Newsline that they want to provide all things weather for those who are interested, even if they don't have a license. He also hopes that their Zoom meetings might be a gathering place for other SkyWarn leaders and volunteers in order to share information and ideas. To learn more about the Southwest District SkyWarn team and meeting times, you may contact Eddie at KB3YRU at
0: ARRL.net. This is Randy Sly, W4XJ. The South Pacific island nation of Vanuatu isn't exactly roughing it. There's a power grid, commercial air service, homes to rent, and a population of more than 40,000 people. For a group of adventurous amateurs with the average age of 70, that makes it a great spot for a expedition Kevin Trotman, N5PRE,
7: tells us what they've got planned. Van Harridge N4 VGE, is a born traveler, and though he calls South Carolina home, he is always looking for adventure beyond his QTH. Now, he and a group of older amateurs will follow that roving spirit to Vanuatu in the South Pacific. The group has planned a two-week day expedition in December of 2024, and it will include participation in that year's ARRL 10-meter contest. The men are bringing all their necessary equipment and they're also bringing their wives because this DX has hotels, restaurants, beaches, and other attractions to make it a family holiday too. DXers already know that Van Watu ranks 100th on the DXCC list of 340 countries. For this team, however, it ranks number one as a good spot to aim for more than 50,000 QSOs using CW, SSB, RTTY, and FT8. They're looking for four more radio operators and inviting them to bring their spouses to make it a great team. Van asks that interested de-expeditioners contact him at vanherridge at gmail.com. That's Herridge spelled H-E-R-R-I-D-G-E. Meanwhile, the team is also working on developing a website and seeking sponsors. This is Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. In the world of DX, you still have time to contact Peter,
0: LA7QIA, who is operating from Svalbard as JW7QIA from November 25th to the 29th. He'll be taking part in the CQ Worldwide CW Contest as a single operator. QSL to his home call via Logbook of the World. Sigfrido, IW9FMD, is on the air as 5W0RS, From Samoa, as time permits, between work assignments. Be listening on 20-meter single sideband. QSL via IT9VYO. You have until December 3rd to contact the team on Nozib, IOTA AF-057, Madagascar. Team members include Ron, PA3EWP, who is operating as 5R8WP, and will be in the CQ Worldwide CW Contest. His teammates are Gunter, DL2AWG, operating as 5R8WG, Erna, DK2AMM, operating as 5R8MM, Gerben, PG5M, operating as 5R8CG, and Johannes, PA5X, operating as 5R8PA. The team is running two stations at the same time using CW, single sideband, Ready, and FT8 in foxhound mode. If possible, logs will be uploaded to the club log on a daily basis. See qrz.com for QSL information. Be listening for Take JS6RRR operating from Miyako, Yima, iota number AS079 until December 17th. Take will be on 80 through 6 meters using single sideband CW, FM, RTTY, and JT65. He will participate in the CQ Worldwide CW Contest as JS6RRR. QSL information is on QRZ.com. Ferdy HB9DSP will be active from Zanzibar using the call sign FH3FM from November 25th through December 13th. You will find him mostly on 20, 15, and 10 meters using single sideband and FT8. QSL to his home call. Sometimes a QSL card can confirm so much more than just a successful radio contact. Just ask one ham in Wyoming who recently got such a card with a special message.
8: Here's Ralph Squilacci, KK6ITB, with that story. Nicholas Cash-Oily, N0ASL, recently sent a QSL card to Jim Shirey, N7FC. The men had a QSO so on Halloween night on the same frequency where members of the Buffalo Amateur Radio Club customarily check in and keep up-to-date on matters related to the club. The voice coming from Jim's HT, however, wasn't from a fellow club member. It was that of a motorist in distress. That motorist was Nicholas. According to a report on the Buffalo Bulletin website, Nicholas told Jim that he needed help. He'd been driving through a canyon in Johnson County in north-central Wyoming when his car slid off the road. His car was disabled, and there was no cell service available in the area. Using his radio, Jim gathered what information he could get from Nicholas and then called 911. The story in the Buffalo Bulletin said that the fire and sheriff's departments were sent to assist at the scene. Jim, however, didn't learn of the happy ending until he received that QSL card from Nicholas this month. Only after its arrival from Nicholas, Nebraska QTH, did Jim discover some of the details of what turned out to be a successful rescue. Nicholas was safe and had not been injured. The day it arrived, his QSL card did double duty as a thank you card. This is Ralph Squillaci. KK6ITB, with thanks to the ARL,
0: Ambarish the VU2JFA, the Buffalo Bulletin, CNX Software, CQ Magazine, David Behar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, Facebook, the Fremont Tribune, the Gulf News, Hackaday, Longmont Amateur Radio Club, QRZ.com, the RSGB. ShortwaveRadio.de, the 3916 Nets, Van Heridge N4 VGE, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that the Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that does incur expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve-Marie, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO in Valparaiso, Indiana, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights reserved.